0: And we're back with another episode. Headliner Music Club presents Fourth Meal, brought to you by Zen. And today we sit down with a good friend of ours, William Lifestyle. And today's episode is a little longer than usual, but you know, his story is really good. The rise, the risk he took. He had a career, and he decided, you know, DJing was a better path. And he took it and he learned some things the hard way. Took some, had some falls, had some rises, ups, downs. It's a good story. Hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to screenshot it, share it with your friends, leave a review, uh, rate it in the podcast app. And reminder that we are now also on video. So check uh, YouTube, Fourth Mill, or Headliner Music Club. And, and if you prefer watching them, you could check it out on the YouTube as well. Yeah, hope you enjoy it. This is Fourth Mill with William Lifestyle, let's go.
1: Headliner Music Club presents Fourth Meal. Order number forty-seven, number
0: forty-seven, your order's ready. Boom, we're live. Boom, What's we're live, guys? and we have our glasses of wine. <laughs> yes, sir. J Dub, actually, let me uh, do it the right way. Will Smith. <laughs> Boom. AKA J Dub. Hello. AKA William Lifestyle. Wow. In the building. Will Smith. I yeah, didn't man. know that. Wow. <laughs> when I, first, I met him as J-Dub. We'll tell the story. I know him now. We as j too. We go way back. But we <laughs> met him as J-Dub, and then I heard his name was Will Smith, and I'm like, how the hell do we call you J-Dub? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm thinking your name is like Jerome Wilson, J-Dub. <laughs> Dude, that, the J-Dub, so the dub is for W, uh-huh. and the J is for Junior. My real name ah. is Will Smith, Junior. Got but it. So ne-
0: you have a very... Rich, famous dad.
1: Yeah, but we don't <laughs> talk much. <laughs> oh man, no, it has nothing to do with the Will Smith. Not Let's at get all. It clear. Not, not that I know of. But oh, I don't no. know my real somewhere. Pops, so it may be. Oh, oh wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's why I never liked using my real name, and that's why I always use my nickname J Dub, and that's how like the character J Dub just became it. No, well, one you really do. My you do look hand, like yeah.
0: uh, you, you know what I mean. You know when he had that allergic reaction. <laughs> 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 I look like that. One? Is that Hitch? What movie was that? <laughs> I'm Hitch. just kidding. Oh my God. One of my faves. <laughs> <laughs> no, so okay, so Junior William.
1: Yep. So Junior William, Will Smith Junior. So then. Um, so shouldn't it be Dub J? Yeah, but that doesn't flow.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. Dub J would have been you weird. flip flop either way, though. It's you know hip
1: hop. It's hip hop. But what I what I fucked up on. Is I met a white boy named Will Smith also, but his nickname was Liam. Liam. I like Liam. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah. Yeah. Liam's hot. Liam's hot. You I don't was know many pissed. Liams. I was kind of pissed. I was like. That wasn't his middle name. That was just his nickname. William became Liam. Oh. He used the last four letters.
2: Oh. Fire. Hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that, man. Liam. Damn. I love that. So are out. most Liam's Williams? They can be. Uh, you know? Interesting. Interesting. It's like Richard's a dicks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know that either. Yeah, Richard blows my mind. Yeah, our dicks. And then if your last name is Smith, it's Smitty. Ah, I can
0: see yeah. that. But Dick and Richard.
2: I mean, James is Jimmy. Yeah, but that makes <laughs> sense too. Still,
1: I hate when people know my name is Will Smith, and I'd be like, Oh, Bill. At that, Bill? conversations cancel. Oh wow. Why?
0: Well, I don't get it. I don't either. Is just a thing, or they're just messing up?
1: Majority only white people say it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but that cancels the hey,
0: con- conversation. All right, so we met... Well, I know I met J-Dub back in 2004, 2005. Nope. I had just got on Power 106. You worked for a clothing brand called 5-4. Yeah. Which has, at the time, it was like mainly denim, kind of. Well, actually, no. It was before the denim. Because it went to denim a little couple years after that, right?
1: Yeah, we were just... Um at that time when we met,
0: my first piece was the track jacket.
1: that's almost all we had. We I had mean, that's all, yeah, that was two first track piece. jackets. we had two hoodies um, and then we had a bunch of t-shirts and that was it that was like yeah. our brand. that was a brand. that was the brand. okay you know, but warehouse filled
0: and you were the first employee.
1: I was the first employee. I came on as um, the marketing director uh, for the for the company and I'll tell you at this at this state of the brand we did everything. Every order that came in online, we boxed it, packed it, shipped it. Yep. We cleaned the warehouse, we cleaned yeah. the office, we were everything.
0: No, the way you have to be. The way same way 5 and 9 and Scratchy, right now, yeah. <laughs> We print t-shirts, orders <laughs> come fold in, them oh, and yeah, ship yep. them. We wa- we walked to the post office yesterday. Yeah, dude. <laughs>
1: But how how good does it, does that feel? Not too Maybe. good. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It'll feel
0: better when we have employees running it, but right, right. sure but we understand the grind and you got to do it.
1: And you got to know every element of yeah, it. And that's that was true, that right? was the dope part about it. You know, I knew I ended up learning how to run a warehouse as we started getting employees, knew the, the process of shipping, which is not as easy as people think. You know, because once you start doing volume and everything, you're just paying the normal price, but you don't realize like you know, say if you ship uh, instead of like five packages and you're shipping out hundreds at a time or in a week, there's a crazy uh, price slash,
0: Right. you know, so you get to yeah. save
1: money. Then like just from materials, like every minor thing.
0: You figure it out as you, you go. You figure it out as you go. So how long were you with 5-4? Wow,
1: I was with 5-4 for 10 and a half. I, I think it's 10 and a half years, maybe 11, Okay. that I worked with them. From the first, being the first employee when it was just us in an office space, um, to when, you know,
0: you've seen the ups and downs I, of the entire company.
1: I've seen everything from when we had retail stores to when we were almost broke, to when times that we'd go to a trade show and we'd all sleep in the same room, you know, as we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember credit cards not working at times. Um, all of us jumping in. Dee's mom, so Dee's one of the owners and good friend of all of us. We used to have this blue van. Uh, this blue minivan and we used to run that shit to the ground, <laughs> go up to trade shows. We'd pack everything up. And at that time when we were doing trade shows, um, we'd have a designer design the stuff in our office and we'd build it up like as a practice run. And then me and one of our warehouse guys would go to Vegas like two, three days beforehand. And we didn't have the money to like hire a different company to build it. Yeah. We were there building our, our booths. Wow. And I remember, I remember one year, we got all cut up because we had like fiberglass and metal. Wow, damn, dude, building, screwing—it was, it was like we were union workers. Yeah, and but it was—it was—it was dope because I, you know, random talent yeah. you had to learn. We yep. learned yep. to build booths from scratch. Yeah, and this was like a,
0: life of a startup. Like life business. of a startup yeah. is real. <laughs> That's true. So then, uh, let's fast forward. You know, this is a DJ podcast, so yep. I remember our conversation. For, let's let's start before our conversation in Vegas. What? gave you the idea or gave you the passion or, or or even made you decide that you wanted to become a DJ. And when was this? Do you remember? Uh, um because you've always been around music. Always you're in the club every night while and now we've seen Yeah, allegedly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um my my like love for music has always been there. Like in my household. Um even when it goes back to where you know my when my grandparents stay in Oakland What they used to do back in the days, um, they converted, because, you know, my grandmother's Japanese, grandfather's black. That wasn't cool in the 60s to go out in public and go party and stuff like that. So our garage, they painted it where it was green and red on the inside, and they wrote the cave on it. Oh, wow. So the cave was a place where they would have, like, all the multicultural um, families and, like, like, friends come through. They played music. They entertained, they had food. and Made alcohol. their own club in, in the garage. Dope, yeah, it was oh, in a yeah. garage. And it was called The Cave. Um, so I, I used to see all those records from when I was born and like when I lived in my grandparents' house and they would always play music. So I'd hear like dope ass vinyl. And I still have it to this day. Wow. You know? Damn. Um so that was like that was like embedded in me since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It was always music. And then my cousin used to work with David D uh, in the Bay Area on his radio station KPFA and KPFB. I interned with them. And so I got to saw how like VJs and DJs interacted with like artists. People were calling in and like they would talk to them. And you know, I would see like some late night shows. And I was, I was seeing how therapeutic it was, like what the DJ was doing and what the VJ was doing. Instead of just playing music, they were coaxing people through like issues, problems. Yeah. People would um, call in, it was like, yo, I want to hear this song. This is my favorite song. I'm like why is this your favorite song? And then you hear people like open up. So it was dope. It was, it was like really infectious. And then I remember um, he used to do this thing called Pirate Radio, mm-hmm. where we go to this house, go to this basement. Yep. and Hijack
0: would, a, a station. Yep.
1: Hijack uh, a station and play records. Yeah. And he let me do that a couple times. I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, I wanted to do that. Then that idea kind of like just faded away uh, until, you know, when I came down to LA and I actually met like you guys mm-hmm. and I would see... You guys at the club and then i will always be beside the booth mm-hmm. at first you know going to the club used to be about going to like hit on girls and shit yep. and get fucked up right <laughs> but then the fact that i had access to get to the booth and i got to watch what you guys were doing and you were just you know you're you're, you're orchestrating the mood that people are feeling yeah. mm-hmm. if you wanted them to stop don't want a shitty record if you wanted people to like Get crazy! You would throw on something like yeah. some DMX shit back then. Like yeah. you guys,
0: especially back then. Like oh, God. the the crowd the the crowd inside the club was way more like open yeah. to th- yeah. being on that journey that we the DJ provided because that was like you know the AM days. Oh yeah, where he could throw yep. anything on, and people were just there for the journey. And and this is I'm talking AM before he was famous because right. this is just he was just the guy in Hollywood, right? Yeah, hell yeah. And and it wasn't we talked about this on a podcast before. It was like today's generation is used to everything on demand yeah so if they get in their car and they want to hear car to be they play they hear car to be on the spot right so they expect to be in the club and have that same yeah. type of power if they request a song they want it now
1: yeah i hate so, that
0: so back then when you when you, the days you're talking about it was you saw the djs take people on the ride and it, it was incredible
2: yeah people went out and like really enjoyed like you know the club or like the night
0: yeah, because even back then there was no bottle service. Do you remember no, that? No, it was no bottle service, service. at Element. Bro, I'm no. sorry, but like, bottle service was for celebrities, not people with yeah. money. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like we would go to Shelter. If there's tables, they're small and there's for celebrities. Yeah. It's not. It's <laughs> not like a guy that has money or tech yeah. money or even like drug dealers. Like, because yeah, New York, it and wasn't Ve- that. Yeah.
2: New York and Vegas really like revolutionized the whole like bottle service thing. But Chill. we can talk that about that. I better. remember the,
1: the first time I had bottle service, like that I actually purchased it. Yeah. It was at Las Palmas and it was the table, like as soon as you walk in Las Palmas, wow, Las it was the table to the left. Wow. And that used to be where Hugh Hefner would sit.
0: That's a legendary club in uh, <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard in Las Palmas. Oh, and, it was LAX, that's right. It, it turned yeah. into it was Las Palmas, then turned into LAX, and then yeah. Brian Toll and them took over to it back. and yeah. took it back to Las Palmas.
1: Yeah. That was the first time I did bottle service. It was me and my boy, Trevor Tucker. And um, I was working for this company called Bobwell Productions. We were doing a show called Fifth Wheel. And, you know, we were making pretty decent money. And yeah. bottles weren't that expensive then. And we bought a bottle of Patron. So this is before 5-4? This is before 5-4. Okay. And we bought a bottle of Patron. And it was, it was interesting because at that time, one, if you were black and you were in the clubs in Hollywood that was saying like a lot, yeah. like, oh, you're connected. somebody. You're somebody, yeah, yeah. but then when we did, we did that, plus we bought the bottle and had a bunch of chicks, it was like, who are these dudes? Mm. And that's when, that was kind of like my first real taste in like, kind of showing off in a nightclub.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, well, I'm Will Smith, Who <laughs> you think I am.
1: <laughs> and you're not lying I'm Will Smith. not lying, <laughs>
0: the other one, <laughs> the other one. But low key
2: though, like, the DJ booth is actually like the real VIP. Yeah, DJ Eric, B, a B. Yeah.
0: Oh, thousand percent
2: At Element, it was roomy, like oh, dude, it was Element. Element
0: was fun. But okay, so let's go back. So now you're at 54. Yep. So you already have the childhood love for the music, you've been around it in the clubs, you always paid attention to the DJ. What what was the moment that sparked you to say,
1: "Man, I think I can do this?" Um, I'll know the the actual exact time was on my birthday. Okay. October 17th. It was... Wait. That's tomorrow, baby.
0: Yeah, I was like,
1: wait. <laughs> well, by the time this airs, it <laughs> already birthday. had passed.
0: But happy belated birthday. Happy birthday, birthday dog. And Thank early you. birthday, if we're speaking today.
1: Shout out to Josh, the red wine bland. You dig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like, I did. Um, I was thrown a birthday dinner at this place called House, or a home, which is now called Marvin, yep. on, uh, oh, yeah, on Beverly. Right, yep. Then my uh, best friend, AJ... Love AJ Threw me a surprise party At, um, at the time At this time Like I had got my laptop um, I had uh, my turntables My mixer Which Anand Murthy Was like dude For That's Christmas For the, the previous Christmas He says I'm gonna We're gonna buy you this Cause you keep talking Like you wanna You wanna become a DJ You wanna become a DJ So you'd
0: be in the 5-4 office Talking about becoming a oh DJ Oh my god forever. All the time And oh I would god. always be
1: playing music I even had this um, I had this like, like Like blog at the time it was called William Lifestyle Track of the Day Mm. All right. and uh, so every day I would write this little like blurb, and I'd put a record, but it was never a typical hip hop or pop record. It was always something remixed that I would just find. I would yeah. dig and like find something. Everyone started listening to it, and it actually like started picking up traction. But then I just let it fly away. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, so I go to the I go to the Dime. Now I almost blew it because I didn't want to go to the Dime. I was like, dude, I'm not going to Dime for my birthday. I want to go to SLS. And AJ told me this. He was the like, William
0: lifestyle way. Yeah, I want to go to SLS and <laughs> yeah.
1: drink. Cause everyone said they had to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like 16 of my homies. But everyone had to go do some shit. So it was just I AJ and this. I. And so I'm like, dude, I'm not going. I don't want to go to Dime. He was like, yo, I got these two girls there. They're dope. They're they're like from France or something. I forgot where he said they were from. He's like, they want to meet us there. I said, it's my birthday. I'm not going there. You, if they want to meet me. Tell him to meet me at SLS.
0: With some Chris Dow. So now,
1: <laughs> now the dime is packed and everyone's waiting, but I'm not coming. Oh, wow. And so AJ's like, dude, man, let's just go to the dime. These girls are there. They've been waiting. I'm like, dude, it's my birthday. Tell them to meet me at SLS. And he's like, boy, come on, man. Let's do it. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. We go to the dime. And I remember the door opens and there's like... Surprise, happy birthday There's like this banner There's all these cameras And I was so shocked I left <laughs> <laughs> You left? I turned around Because it was like It was so emotional Like even telling this It's yeah. like I'm watering up Because it was just so much love But I, yeah, I didn't yeah. know I literally walked down the street I went to the little side of Like a, like corner store I bought a pack of cigarettes And I smoked Wow I didn't smoke at the time <laughs> I smoked because it was too much Yeah, yeah wow. Right, so I came back Said what's up to everybody, and um, a deer was DJing. And a deer gets on the mic, it was like happy birthday, they sing happy birthday. Champagne comes out, cake comes out, it was like, yo, come to the booth. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, they want me to say something. I walk up to the booth and I'm like, man, that looks like my laptop. <laughs> and I'm hands like, oh, the headphones. Shit. <laughs> That's my laptop. That's my headphones. I was like, yo, what's going on? They were like, yo, this is your first show. Wow. wow. And I was like, oh my God. I was terrible cuz I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. And I was playing just music I wanted to listen to. Of course. And I kind of cleared out my own birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so embarrassed. Wow. So I go home and I'm like I'm going to practice.
0: At that and moment did you like have a different appreciation for the DJ? I had
1: such a different appreciation. Yeah. Um cuz I I see and, and I people it looks way easier than it is, right? Way easier. Yeah. My beats weren't matching. I'm going like 128s to 70s. Oh, wow. Like, I'm train wrecking. Like, pff, like I'm, <laughs> I'm horrible. But I'm playing music I like. It's my yeah, birthday. Yeah. I'm on my own shit. <laughs> but um, at that moment, I was like, I never want to be on this platform and suck and, have pe- and, and watch people. And granted, I'm creating this narrative too in my head. I'm like, everyone's looking at me and they're talking about, oh, he sucks. He's mm-hmm. never going to make it. And there was a lot of people that were saying that um and so after that you know i was practicing Mm -hmm. every single day wake up in the morning work on mixes at lunch go back home work on mixes at night work on mixes and then it came to a point brian toll when he was opening bootsy bellows Mm -hmm. the first week og og bootsy right he gave me the opportunity so they were open tuesday friday saturday
0: is this at the time, are you still 5'4 and, okay. and DJ? I'm still 5'4 DJ because DJ was not even really an option yeah. at that point, because okay. I sucked. It was just like a side hobby. Yeah, it was yeah. a side hobby.
1: Okay. You know, I was like the man at my brunch at, at my house that I used to throw. Okay. I would DJ that, I would kill it. Okay. <laughs> but in public, I was a disaster. For sure. So, Brian's opening up uh, Bootsy Bellows, and every DJ in the city wanted to work there. Like, that was the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I even worked with both of you guys there. Yeah. I opened up yeah. for you two. Um, but that Tuesday comes along Brian's like, yo, you can open And I'm like, alright, cool I call him later on in the day I can't do it, I'm too nervous He's like, bro, are you kidding me? I was like, dude, I'm so, my bad, right, I apologize He's like, alright, cool, well, you wanna try Friday? I said, yeah, Friday, I'll be ready, I'll be ready Friday mm-hmm. Friday comes around, call him back Yo, dude, I can't do it, man, I'm too fucking scared <laughs> And wow. it's the front room And he's like, dude, look Tomorrow's the last opening day If you wanna do it this is your chance if not don't ask me again right so that saturday i go up i get there hella early club opens at 10 30 i'm there like at nine <laughs> <laughs> like, just trying to get comfortable and like For sure like, get out of my head and i was like at that point i was like dude what the hell do i even play yeah and so i came up with this Concept. like at
0: this point did you know dj etiquette like did you know what an opening set was yeah, like not to burn yeah. i
1: did because i would always like fortunately like i had friends like you triple okay. xl and everything and i and i would ask i would constantly ask you guys like well, what kind of stuff should i play like to do whatever and he was like and i remember triple used to be like just don't burn a dj i'm like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> what does that mean yeah, yeah yeah you know so i thought about this the one guaranteed way i can never burn anybody is i'm not gonna play hip-hop i'm gonna be the black dj that plays clubs in Hollywood. That doesn't play hip hop. Wow, and that was my that yeah. was my stick.
0: What were you playing?
1: I was playing like new disco funk. So what year I was think. this? Ah oh, shit, this was
0: like, two thousand. I'm trying to remember eight? when Bootsy Open. I don't remember. No, no
1: that was like probably no. like later. That's was like 2006, maybe. Was oh, it? Wow. No, 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 no. It no, was no, later, later than that. Maybe like eight or nine. Two thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. eight or two okay. thousand nine. Okay, and um, I started doing it like I started playing that way. Yeah, Girls loved the music. Dudes weren't fucking with me. Yeah. I didn't care about dudes. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Um, and so I, I would do that, and I was always safe. Right? And so Brian was like, yo, you actually did good. Then I got the Tuesday back. I got the Friday back. And then I did that for what? I was the opening DJ there for, what, three years? And that's the best training you can get as a DJ. Exactly. And, and I didn't realize that,
2: though. We always say, like, you can tell from a good DJ by the way they open.
0: And yeah. Like, you know, like, that's true.
1: Cause you get to build this story. Yeah. We
0: all started as openers. I started, I used to open at, at clubs in like La Mar- a club called La Mirage, like, mm-hmm. yeah. over here in, in LA in Cerritos. Oh, wow. Artesia, technically. And I would open and for free for the, for yeah. the longest. And then, like, they started giving me $25 a night. Yeah. So I, I would open for like <laughs> Vinyl Dave and I, I used to be there. But it was like the best thing that ever happened to me.
2: Yeah, it's. I used to open for Warren Peace and Mr. Bob at Raw.
0: Wow. Raw? Yeah. Raw. <laughs> yeah.
2: ah, that was like the hottest like, Wednesday night.
0: Because if you could learn how to open, it's like learning how to DJ on shitty equipment, which we all yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Once you get on the good stuff, it's like, oh, wow. It's like butter. Yeah. yeah. So when you learn how to open, like try to keep a room dancing with like non hits, yep. the moment you are
1: headlining and get to play the hits, oh, t- eyes game closed. Over. Game over. Do it over. with your eyes closed. I remember like sometimes opening. To be honest, I've actually opened for times for you because you don't know, DJ. <laughs> I've opened for every DJ that's in this room.
0: Yep, Scratchy too. Yeah, I've opened for Scratchy. <laughs> We're <laughs> at Scratchy at. before. All right, so so now you're opening Bootsy a couple times a week. Yep. At what point? Because you had a, a very successful and long career in in fashion at Five Four Fashion. And at what point did you say, you know what? It's time to like take. DJing from a part-time hobby or part-time gig to let's take this serious and let's 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 focus on it full-time.
1: It was, I think, it was after the first year. So I was I was burning the candle on both ends, you know. And uh, at first, it was good. I was able to manage it. Um, but then it's like my love for fashion was like transitioning, and like music's just started like beating harder like in my heart and it was it was like an honest decision to uh to chase after DJing because like I I was working with my best friends you know I wasn't providing what I was supposed to at that time you know now that would that would have been selfish if I, you
0: felt you were slacking on the five yeah. forwards stuff. Like, really? Because, not you, your, because all. your love was shifting towards yeah. the DJ. Yeah. I, I,
1: and, and, like, if I do something, I like to be all in. For sure. You know? And I remember, and, like, shout out to D, shout out to Andre, shout out to Anand for this. They were like, yo, take three months. Take three months, figure this DJ shit out. If it really works, stick with it. If it doesn't, come back, put it away. It's wow. over. Wow.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And they gave me that. Yeah. Uh, that, that freedom is, yeah. must be amazing.
1: It, 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 was, it was incredible. But then it was like, with freedom came pressure. Because now there's like, all right, let's see if this dude really can't fly. Yeah. And um, I remember the Bootsy thing is going on, so I have that, right? Jay Sean invites me. His DJ was, was not available. We're going to do this show in Oregon. He was like, oh, I got this little thing in Oregon to do. I was, he was like, yo, can you DJ? I was like, yeah, for sure. I had never DJed with an artist before, yeah. and this little show was like this big music fest. Yeah, because
0: Jay Sean oh. was massive at the time. Massive, this oh, down yeah, yeah. and all Nine. that. Yeah. Wait, 8 yeah, he's,
1: it's massive. I don't know the perspective of what a big show and a little show is to him. Out of like his mouth, Shaggy's at this thing. Sean Kingston's there. Um, who else? Like Pauly D was like that's when he started like becoming like oh, a, wow. a DJ. Like. Mm-hmm. What And there was a uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. So it was like legit. This was like a music festival joint. Uh, it was a radio music festival. And, um, I get up there and I'm like, yo, dude, what is this? He was like, Oh, is this this is a little show? <laughs> it's like 25,000 people. And I'm sitting here, I'm shitting bricks. Yeah. And I kept asking, I was like, yo, what's the music? What's the music? He's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll give it to you. Like right before we go on. Oh, we had never rehearsed <laughs> That's before. A nightmare wow. you know? <laughs> and he's like, do you have a pen and paper? Uh, so I pulled that out he's like alright write these songs down so now we're in the golf cart from the hotel to like the stage which is maybe a two minute golf cart ride. he writes it down hands it to me he's like yo go set up and uh, you know we'll do a mic check real quick so I'm like okay cool as we're going through this shit as we're playing he like looks at me he was like next song next song and I'm sitting there like what like, what does that mean and he's like play the next song Skip the last one. So now I'm freaking out. Oh, my God. So I have this man. order. During like, the show? During the show. Okay. Right? And he's, what I don't realize is he's hitting me with, like, these worst-case scenarios. But he knows I'm, he, like, he's hoping that I'm not going to fuck up. I didn't fuck up. We start ad-libbing back and forth. Because and, that's my homie. Mm-hmm. And after the show, we go back to the hotel. Like, actually, I, I do well with it. Right? But I'm still, I'm, like, drenched in sweat. Yeah. Not because it's hot. Because I'm, yeah. like, just nervous. Yeah, of course. Wreck. And uh, we come back. He says, bro, you killed it tonight. I was like, dude, thanks, man. I was like, this is mad stressful. He says, uh, so I'm about to go on tour. Uh, would you be down to be my DJ? And I'm sitting there like, what? And next thing you know, you know, come back to LA, leave maybe, and this within the three month, leave maybe like a month after that show.
2: Yeah.
1: I travel with Jay Sean to Dubai, Romania, wow, Vietnam, Shanghai. You know, I, I start traveling the world with this dude,
0: and that was it for five four.
1: And <laughs> like, and then that's when the transition really happened. I wow. was <laughs> like,
0: DeAndre's, I'm out. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, man, That's dope, man. Yeah, and uh, then after that, so when I came back, now I have the now I have these two titles. I have like, oh, that's the opening DJ. That's the opening resident DJ for Bootsy Bellows, uh-huh. and I didn't realize how valuable that was. Right. Then that's also Jay Sean's tour DJ. Yeah. So now I start doing like corporate events. I DJ for Diesel, DJ yeah. for like MTV. Um, I did like some BET stuff. And I just start doing all these like private events.
0: Did you have representation at this time? Or how how are you getting all these corporate gigs?
1: The corporate gigs were people that were coming to Bootsy. Corporate world, they come early. Yeah. So uh-huh. they would hear this. Like I said, I was a black DJ didn't play hip hop.
0: Come up to you, ask for a card.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you have a card? <laughs> Yo. Yep. No, wow. Someone asked me for a
2: card the other day. I'm like, people still give out cards? You said
0: the guy that doesn't play hip hop, that's corporate world. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like music to their there. ears. Yeah. They're like, hmm, this guy's playing
1: Stevie Wonder. Yeah. We'd love to have him. <laughs> <Yep>. And so <laughs> like that Perfect. Was, that was, that, was, that was it worked. You know, and then um and then after that, um this opportunity came up with uh Brody Jenner. Yep. Yeah. Brody Jenner and I, um, I was asked by his his manager, Maddie Osborne, because yep. Brody man? was getting shout tired of, Maddie. yeah, shout out to Matty O. Um, Brody was getting tired of just going to clubs and like, you know, just being pretty much like a, a host. A, pro, yeah, yeah, a host. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't like it. He was like, man, I want a DJ. So go to his, his compound in Malibu and he's like, yo, what do we need to make a, a DJ studio? And he was like, we're going to get two of everything. So he
0: wasn't DJing yet. No. Got it.
1: I would go to like so. I tell him what we need, and Brody Brody's like an incredible dude because like yeah. such a he, good dude. If he's into something, he's all yeah, in. He's all in. Yeah. Yep. he's like, yo, what do we need? He's like, oh, we need like four pioneers, we need uh two mixers. He's like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna get all this shit. And in a DJ world, you know, this shit ain't cheap. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Bought everything. Yeah, two of everything. So we have four CDJs, two mixers, speakers, tables, everything. We just built the studio in his guest house. Wow. And uh, every day, we'd crack open a bottle of wine. I would, and I, I lived in West Hollywood. I would drive from West Hollywood to Malibu, stay there for about 10, 12 hours, sometimes stay the night. Yeah. And we would just practice, work on sets, practice, practice, practice. And uh, I think our first show was at, it was either at Bootsy or either at Hooray Henry's um, in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And uh, after that, some way, somehow, we end up getting a residency at Tao.
0: Yep. Las Vegas. Yeah, I remember Las that, Vegas.
1: Yep. And that's when shit really became super real. Mm-hmm. Is because the billboard started happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know the billboard was there. I remember Vegas.
2: seeing those actually driving around.
1: Yo. And I remember one day, it was like it was like maybe like on a Thursday or something. I'm just like chilling in LA. I'm getting like my phone just starts blowing up. A bunch of my friends from Oakland were driving to Vegas to go party for the weekend. And they see a big billboard with like my face and William Lifestyle on it and Brody Jenner. And I'm getting all these texts like, bro, you're in Vegas? And I said, no, nah, I'm in LA. They were like, nah, fam, you're in Vegas. Wow. And I saw these billboards and that like put like such a shock. Yeah. yeah. And it just like recalibrated everything. Yep. It was like, because, you know, for a DJ to get a billboard,
0: it's an incredible feeling man and it's (laughs) not it's it's not easy i'll never forget the first time i saw one
1: it's 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 like being a kid again and receiving like the best christmas present ever yeah and when that happened it was like dude this shit is fucking real you know the town residency happened then had a residency in arizona connecticut like we were traveling the world oh sorry we were traveling domestically together we never did anything overseas but the, my domestic, like, residencies, that's, yeah. that's nuts. People are paying me to come play other people's songs in different yep. cities. Yeah. Like, it's
0: real. It's real.
1: Yeah, man. I, I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it today. <laughs> like, <laughs> it never gets old.
0: And then what happened with the Brody Jenner duo? Like, did you guys just split ways?
1: Um, We did it. How t- long did that last? Two years. Two years. Wow. Two years. Residencies and everything. Um. And it, it's you know everything. Everything has its shelf life, so I remember I remember this man. This this, this was this was a shitty feeling. Um, we were we were at Tau, we were playing at Tau, and you know there was a, there was like I guess it was like the clientele that was in there. They wanted something specific, mm-hmm. and we just weren't playing for them. Like we it, it, our shit was just off for them, and I mean we got pulled off. And to get pulled off, it's you're 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 breaking up with your girlfriend in front of everybody. It's yeah. not in a closed room. You guys are breaking up in front of everybody. terrible feeling. Terrible feeling. Embarrassing. It was super embarrassing. Yeah. You know. Um. And so. So do you
0: remember that moment? Do you remember? Do you remember what went wrong? Is it just that someone wanting different music?
1: It's it's it. It was just that that night we were off. We just weren't we weren't in sync. Mm. You know, and and you could see it. You know, you could see it because we were a duo, like like how you guys rock. That's how we were rocking. Yeah,
0: yeah, we have. I fe- have. I feel like we have some nights where we're just off too, yeah.
1: and it just happens. It, it happens. But when that happened, and we got taken off, and you know, in Tao, there's a door behind you. So when you get out the booth, there's the actual door behind you. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, game over, boys, get out of here. And it's like we close our shit out. Other DJ switches up. How
0: long were you guys into your set?
1: <sighs> Probably. About, like, maybe halfway, like 45 minutes into it. Wow.
0: Wait, you actually went through the
2: back door? Yeah. No way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Exit. Get off the stage. Peace. Out of here. Wow. And it was shitty because, like, our girlfriends were with us. Manager was with us. And he was like, you guys are done.
0: Were you confused? Like, kind of, like, in denial? Like, nah, nah. what are you talking about? Or were you like, you know what? I knew we were
1: off, off." but I was confused because I didn't know, like, being pulled off was, like, a thing.
0: Yeah, because you kind of thought you guys were... You know, there's billboards. You guys are the show. Like, you can't boom. Can't take tell Drake to get off the stage if he's having a bad night. (laughs) People are here to see
1: him. The billboard uh, that that was a reality check. You know, uh, we were at we were at a level of comfortness. Got it. You know, and um, after that, like shortly after that, you know, that's when we like disbanded, and then Devin Lucian and Brody started becoming a duo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and they started doing their things, and when that happened. Normally, you would think something like that's a slap in the face, yeah. but it was it was done properly. Mm-hmm. Like Devin and I, we had a conversation about it. Brody and I had a conversation. Yeah. All three of us had a convo, and like all of it, we're brothers. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, we all rock together, and so it was done right. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. had that had that conversation not happened, there would have definitely been be some an issue. Oh yeah, fuck yes. Yes. yeah, yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, you know, um, but it was done right. You know, our our time was done, and so then. I remember people were like, "Oh, you lost your Brody shit. Your shit's done now." Soon as that happened, right? Even during that, like him and I. So were- at
0: that moment, did you have a like any regret or like like did you say, "Damn, man, did I make the right move leaving this career with Five Four, etc." And then like shit's just falling falling apart for me. Did you have a moment like that?
1: Oh God, yeah. I was like depressed. I was really depressed. I'm like, dude, there was there was no backup plan. Mm. Like DJing was my backup plan in my transition to fashion. Yeah. And at first I thought I was gonna do both. Um but then like when that when that debacle like fell off, it wasn't just Tao. It's all these cities. Everything. because oh, yeah, right. that was
0: your main thing. You guys were so busy on the road together. Bro. Kept you busy, kept you making a lot of
1: money. Yes. Shit ton of money. Yeah. And then shit really hits is when you look at your calendar and then shit just starts disappearing. Mm -hmm. It just
0: disappears.
1: And I'm like, damn. So then, you know, I started working more in LA, but the money's different.
0: And I love that you're, you're being open about this because like people listening, we all like we, five and I and E-Rock had a pod earlier where we, where we talked about shit that's happened to us. Getting pulled, getting getting fired, fired, getting yelled at, like losing gigs. And it's like, damn, like my life is over. (laughs) You know, you just gotta be every day. I I love everyone that just has a real moment and, and loves is okay to talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to, man. Like everyone hears the like the the cookie cutter like bullshit story, but what
0: what's the that that don't kill me can make, only make <laughs> me stronger. stronger. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. It's it's very true, man. Um, because because after- think about if everything would
0: have kept going right, like you, shit probably would have been bad for you, like. To it be honest, have, Like you could have been a disaster. I, Rockstar shit, you know, when I, everything's good. A yeah, like, thousand percent. They were enough
2: in your but, like DJing career where it's like, okay, you can yes. fo- like bounce back you, you from it. You need a reality check. Yeah.
1: I needed that because at that point my alcohol consumption was going up. My yeah. relationship was fucking dwindling. Um, I wasn't sleeping properly. You know, I was, nothing else mattered but like the next gig, you know, and, and it, it even came to a point where, Outside of the money, it was just I just needed I needed the the constant like like jolt of mm-hmm. people, mixed with a shit ton of alcohol. Sometimes I even fucked around like fucked around with drugs. Sometimes yeah. like everything was my consumption of shit was just becoming way too much.
2: Rockstar. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: uh what do you call it? Wolverine?
1: Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine was dying. So like yeah, you, yeah, you were feeling yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah, Wolverine was dying. Yeah. Like I, I was I was converting to Logan. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 and um it it, it, it was like a, a resurge, you know. Um I wasn't be like reliable on shit.
0: So how did you bounce back?
1: So at that time we were also um I was I was doing like stuff with T Mobile. Mm-hmm. And my T-Mobile gigs, like I think we had did one when we were together, um, when we were still a duo, but it, T-Mobile had just opened the arena and they had called me it was like, hey, can you and Brody, you know, perform together? It's like, yeah, the rate was incredible. For 90 minutes of time, it was like a teacher's salary. 90 minutes. Wow. First DJs in history to play at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. In Vegas, um, the day before, I think it was, I think it was Coldplay that played. Wow! Yeah. And then Brody Jenner, William, lifestyle playing day two, opening up for Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande. Wow! Wow! Rocked that. Then I just started doing like I had built like a good relationship with T-Mobile to the point where. I now it's year five for me, but I had brokered a deal to become a resident DJ for T-Mobile, yeah. and that was like the first time in yeah. like telecommunication history that they had like resident a resident DJ. Wow, you know, so it's kind of like I like to consider like my contribution like to the DJ culture, like I created like a lane. So now there is this opportunity, like there is a thing where DJs could be repped. Buy an actual buy a, telecommunication label. Yeah, a
0: big company like that. So, um. That you would never think T Mobile has a resident DJ. Yo,
1: <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it baffles and everybody. Now you know. It's <laughs> crazy. Who and, is? and
0: you travel all over the world with them. All
1: over the world with T Mobile. You know, like, um, I'll do maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 gigs a year on like a good year with them. Uh, like this Damn. year, well, huh? With Damn. You, yeah, with T Mobile. So, like this year I've, I've done Vegas yeah. I've done Puerto Rico I've done Maui and I've been all over the. US like I'm on tour right now yeah I'm, I got back yesterday so thank you guys for like giving time for me to come on and then I leave again Sunday to go back on the road
0: that's awesome that's man so yeah dope, man. man that's great bro such a great story because <laughs> yeah. like I love the 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 risk you took from leaving a career you had with your friends that you started and it was and it worked. Cause by by the time you left five four, how many employees did they have?
1: Shit! By that time, we were we were over fifty. Did
0: you leave before it became a subscription base?
1: No. Um. We were probably a year and a half in subscription oh, base. Wow. Okay. So you. Yeah. Can,
0: all right. So yeah, you you've seen the whole thing.
1: Everything. From- and it was
0: a safe salary that you know these are your friends. They're not getting rid of you. No. You, you can, you're not getting fired. Right. No. no. <laughs> so the risk you took from that secure and that steady paycheck. Because the reason I wanna like dig into that is because there is a lot of people listening now that might take DJing as a part-time or as a hobby and they have that thought in their mind like, should I do this? Yeah. I wanna do this, Make but should jump. I? So, you know, and it's not it's not easy to give that advice. Like, yeah, do it because the the, the in the DJ world, your next paycheck or your next gig's not promised. Yep. It's not It's all up to you and, and in your case we we have, we've known you forever and your yeah. your network and and your relationship like your relationship cuz you're an incredible guy and like you. you're very easy to like and talk yeah. to. So the relationships are crazy.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And, but like we said like you still even you know even with your relationships even if you had Brody which at the time was like the biggest dude and like you <laughs> guys still insane. get pulled like that's yeah. reality check, bro.
1: Super. And um and it just like like to bring it like all full circle like like what what I would say and to someone that that is you know having as like a, as a part time job and thinking about it and thinking yeah. about it, it you gotta look at your your shit like this like just your like your life in general you have like one road right and you have one opportunity to do some shit as you get older opportunities dwindle because yeah. one you're just not physically capable two, you don't have the time because you're already set in your ways. If you don't like go after like one of like your impulses or or one of like your dreams or your ideas, the worst thing you're going to do is at the end of your road, you're just going to live with regret and you're just going to constantly, one thing you'll never forget, you'll never forget the shit that you want, that you wanted to do that you never did. Right. That's a constant burden. Like you'll forget what you ate last week, but yeah. you're never gonna forget. Like, man, I wish I would have asked that girl out, or I wish I would have shot that shot, or I wish I would have tried this job. I wish I would have tried DJing. That's true. And Very true. You'll never forget that. You'll forget everything. You'll lose your wallet. You'll forget where you put your phone. Yeah. You will never forget the burdens, or they become burdens, of the dreams that you didn't try to achieve.
0: I also yeah. want to say this is because, like, in our head, we're you know, you get after 25 year old, be like, oh, I'm getting old. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, bro. So I saw I saw a meme a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago. And it was it really like did something to me because it was a meme. It wasn't like a meme. Like you can yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. see a meme and you think funny. Right. It wasn't a funny thing. It was like a post. And it had like five of the biggest companies in the world today. Right. Right. And it had the founders next to it and it had the age of when they started it. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that one, and I, I remember was seeing like, that. Oh my, like dude, like, obviously I'm completely wrong, I don't know off top, but let's just, for the sake of the argument, let's just say, Coca-Cola, the founder, started it at age 48. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chevrolet or Ford, they started it at the age of 62. You know yeah. what I mean, like for example, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, think about it, if he took 20 years to build this company at 50, he's 70 now. That's like 20 years of, you know what I mean? Like, like let's just say it like this. It's like, you don't think whatever you decide to do today is the last thing you're gonna do in life. Like, oh, for sure. it's just another journey. Like, take that risk, and then if it doesn't work out, start something else. Like, all you, as long as you believe in yourself and in what you're doing, and as long as you're doing it from the heart, like, not just for money. And like, it's not like you say, you know what? Five Four ain't paying me, man. If, <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> I'm just starting DJing. I know, DJing, yeah. I know <laughs> what these guys were making over here. I'm gonna become a DJ. I need more money. It wasn't that. No, it at never all. Never was that. Yeah. And I know it wasn't that because you were happy that you got a chance to open at Bootsy. And I know what Brian pays. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love you, Brian. Ain't but no, ain't no paid off even that. <laughs> headliners don't get
1: paid there. <laughs> You're absolutely right, man. But
0: that's just in the LA market. Like LA, yeah. New yeah. York, they don't pay. It's 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 just the opportunity a good of look. being in the New yeah. York. Exactly. Exactly. It's, a it's a great look. 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 But so that's what I'm saying. That's why I know you did it for the love and you believed in something. Yeah. But same, like I said, just take that risk. And if you can have a ten year career or ten years to figure out the DJ world, and if it doesn't work out, something else will. Like hundred percent. Like we're we're not that old. Like as much as we want. Like and I feel bad. Like talking to five and like oh man, we're old as fuck. And then like a 60 year old man sitting next to us looking at us like you young pieces yeah, exactly. of shit what are exactly. you saying
1: <laughs> and it's true like we shouldn't be saying we're old but we're so young so the the, the old thing was this so I I was playing at uh, this is actually incredible I was playing at the rooftop SLS I just, I just finished playing like like during the summer.
0: The, the spot you wanted to go to for your birthday, yes. you're now
1: DJing that. <laughs> now I'm Let's DJing Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the universe. Yeah, the universe puts it out there. So I'm playing there. I just finished my set and it's all like deep house, like, like funk music. And I get a cabana in the back and I just wanted to like download and I have like, uh, I'm by myself at this point. Right. I go back there and there's this old white dude, him and his wife. They were sitting down. They were like enjoying themselves. I get in the back, pull out my laptop, um, I order a bottle of uh, rosé. Of, of course, rosé in the summer all day. <laughs> and I'm chilling. A guy comes up to me and he's like, man, I really enjoyed myself. And I was like, oh, dude, thank you so much. He's like, I want to keep in contact with you. I live in Australia. I come back to L.A. I'd love to hang out with you. And I was like, wow, that's odd. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. I was like, do you go out? And he says, yeah. He was like, but he's like, man, I saw people constantly coming up to you. He was like, I think my daughter would love you. Oh. Show me a picture of his daughter.
0: Hot. Wow. <laughs> Super hot. hot.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so he sits with me, and he tells me this, this like quick story about how in Australia, he was, he was going to this club, and he was like, yeah, there was a bunch of young people there. He was like, but the doorman was like this 60, 70-year-old white dude, but very well-dressed, put together. And the guy's, and he, says, he goes up to the doorman, and he says, um, can you let an old guy like me in? And he was like, I want you to step aside and I want you to think about what you just asked me." And he was like, okay, cool. And he was like, you know what, yet, go inside and enjoy yourself with all the young people. When you come out, make sure you chat with me. Wow. And uh, he comes out, and this dude's like 60 himself, right. and he was like, yo, what did you mean by that statement? He was like, why did you want me to think about it? He says, I am in charge of the hottest club with the youngest people in the city that come here. Every celeb, they have to come talk to me. He says, the one thing, and the one reason why I'm able to hold this job it's like, I never let the old man in. And he was like, what do you mean? And it's a mental thing. People make themselves older than they are. Right. And it's a mental note. He says, you never let the old guy in. And that's what keeps you young. That's what keeps you vibrant. That's what keeps you fresh. And he says, that's why I was like, I'd love to hang out with you when I come into L.A. Because he says, I don't want the old guy to be allowed into his like mental state. Yeah.
0: Mm. So and he this, wants young people around. Always. Wow.
1: And I, and I listened to that, and I was like, yo, that's actually really dope. Because once you start telling yourself you're old and or like I'm too old to be doing this, that's when you're going to fucking start slacking. Right. And
0: it's crazy because we start panicking, stressing ourselves out, thinking we're old, and then, man, we have a lot to look forward to in years it's years man, I'm I 17 mean, dude, if heart, everything dog. goes right obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know like
2: you know just still like, we still act like teenagers man what
0: are we talking about <laughs> yeah we're a disaster but yo Disasters. but thank you so much Will for coming out <laughs> man. thank you man William thank Lifestyle you for me, man. I'm so amazing story. story man.
1: yeah many more to come
0: thank you for the bottle of wine and happy birthday yes, by the way yes, thank you boys birthday. fucking love
1: you guys of course Eric Deluxe
0: yes indeed HMC yes, yes sir <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you guys for tuning in Boom.